following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. been eight years eight years since I've been nervous for a baseball game it's been 10 years since I've been nervous for a K-State baseball game we are now less than two hours away from K-State's biggest series in a decade The Cats, the 15th ranked team in the country. K-State baseball visiting the number 13 team in the country. The Oklahoma State Cowboys. From Albright Stadium in Stillwater, Oklahoma. With first pitch is 6.02. You'll hear pregame coverage starting at 5.30 right here on News Radio KMAN. Welcome to the game. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale. Travion Berklin is here on a Friday. He uh, he and uh, Troy switched yesterday, so... Trey could go to the Billy Idol concert, and he's wearing his new Billy Idol t-shirt. I got to say, that's one of my favorite concert t-shirts I think I've seen. It's pretty good. Billy Idol in bold red letters at the top. You got Billy, as it looks like he's doing, like, dancing on stage, uh, and it's a black shirt. That's a good-looking shirt. The tour date's on the back. Correct. Yeah, that's... That that's a very solid tour shirt, shirt. And I I used to be a big fan of tour shirt. Shoot, I gosh, shirts. Uh, and I haven't really, I don't really do it anymore. I don't really buy merch when I go to anything anymore. I just like to go for the experience. And my uh, my souvenir is just the memory, I guess. But I've also never seen Billy Idol. I remember you bringing him up last week, and I forgot about it. You know, that that would be a show I'd be interested in seeing. And I'm sure he's not done, but I see he's 67 years old. He's up there. So try and need to hear, was this a good show? Was it an okay show? Was it a disappointment? Give me your ruling on Billy Idol at the age of 67. It was a fun show. I think it's it's later on in the tour, so I don't think he, it says... He's kind of going through the motions a little bit more at this show than I thought, maybe. But he sounded really good, so I mean, that's what really matters. I mean, the guy's 67, yeah. And that's what's key. Because I remember him being in the movie The Wedding Singer. Right. And, I mean, of course, know his music from the 70s and 80s and know what he sounds like. When I heard his voice really raspy right, in The Wedding Singer, I was like, I bet his his voice has really changed over a decade, decade, decade and a half. And, you know, when he, the, you know, from the last time he had recorded his last big hit. Right. But, I mean... Okay, give me your definition of he sounded good. Did he sound album good or he just sound good as a singer? Did he is his voice changed? I think he sounds as good as the record still. How about that? I cuz um That's awesome. All this all the original songs were still in the original key, which is something that not doesn't really happen with a lot of these older guys. They don't have the same they'll lower the key of the song so it sounds a little bit different. Um so they can sing it better because they can't hit the high notes as much which Billy Idol was able to. So that was interesting. Well, and I wouldn't say, I don't think, you know, Billy Idol shows off a whole lot of range. I mean, I'm right. not saying he's like Alice Cooper or anything no. that has yeah, no yeah, range, yeah. Yeah. has has really one level. I'm not saying, yeah, I'm definitely not saying he's like, you know, he has a crazy singing voice or anything, but 
it works with what he has and he did a good job with you know his discography so how long was the show it was about an hour and a half not too long i'm looking at the set list right now i just pulled it up and uh it's it's really solid yeah it really is i mean you open with dancing with myself when he was a part of generation x that's that's a very solid opener and then i noticed like the songs two through seven are some more deeper cuts, but if you're a Billy Idol fan, right. used to own some albums, you'll know those songs. Right. One that stood out to me was the song Speed, and I love the movie Speed, and I believe that song was made for the movie. And But I don't think the song was actually in the movie. It's just in the soundtrack. Is that right? Did it play you over know? the credits? I, I have no oh, idea. I don't know. I, don't, I couldn't tell you. It's definitely like... Speed wasn't that movie. It wasn't that kind of movie where you, you know, you buy songs to put in the movie. There's probably an original score to it. Right. Because it's so dramatic. And it also has one of the best movie lines, at least one of my favorite movie lines of all time from Keanu Reeves, when the blank is really hitting the fan and old Wildcat wants to start slowing down the bus. And he goes, (laughs) if you slow down, this bus will explode. That's pretty good. That's a great way to get people's attention. And he did. <laughs> and then he, he realized, well, the cat's out of the bag. I better turn around and let the people know what's going on. And he's very upfront. There's a bomb on the bus. Ah! And everybody goes, ah! <laughs> great sound effects on that. Ah! I think on the soundtrack, Mr. Speed by Kiss is also on there, which is weird because that's a deep Kiss cut. I don't know. It's on the Rock and Roll Over album, the best Kiss album, because it's perfect from top to bottom, in my opinion. Troy doesn't agree. Uh, I'm no, I'm just sitting here because it it cracks me up that the guy's breadth of music is Michael Jackson and Kiss. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know they're not too different if you really break it down. Well, showman, I mean, it's all about showmanship. Yeah, yeah. Michael is yeah. very much inspired by Kiss and their stage show. Yeah, there's not a single member of Kiss. That wears the correct footwear to do a moonwalk. That's true. They would all fall over. <laughs> Although it would be hilarious to see them try to pull it off. Money, money was in the middle. Right. I, I think that's a pretty good spot. I like before the encore you go with Rebel, but you, Rebel, yeah. First yeah. of all, did with money, money, did he like drag it out? Was it dragged out at the beginning? Like it's very recognizable at the beginning, right? So right. that's a song you could like really build up to the first verse. He I th- he did that with a lot of the songs. He did he let it kind of jam a little bit and ha- kind of had a build up and everybody kind of knew where it was going. Um and of course everybody says the you know famous thing you say with Moni Moni throughout the song. See, I brought that up to Troy yesterday and I remember since I've been a little kid, I don't think I've ever been to a wedding that didn't the DJ didn't play Moni Moni. Right. I don't know if that's right. like a big Midwest wedding thing but i i remember like the adults shouting obviously something vulgar right <laughs> in between the lines and i've never known what they've said and i actually tried looking it up and i didn't really get a definitive answer but you know what they say yes tell me off air because i i've always wanted to know i just haven't known see i want to know what to yell there was one thing I'm that was enough. interesting i knew it one way but the way that it was said last night i have not heard it that way which is hmm. interesting is, there, is it is it a version with f bombs in it? <laughs> I mean, like, or, or was it, that just the crowd? The version I know, like, there was, there's an f bomb in it, but it's only at the latter half. I didn't know about the beginning half there being one. Mm, okay, so I'll write it down. Please do. 
How long did he wait to come back on stage for the encore? I don't like it when not too long. Like they take forever to like come back out for the encore. Janet took like so Janet long to took, yeah. Janet took was, forever. That was crazy. I think she was like because they they did a live shot of her like in yeah. her dressing room that was like right behind the stage, so she could do like her wardrobe changes and stuff. And like they get a camera shot of her mirror, and then they follow her all the way out back to the stage. I thought that was really sweet. That was a really cool touch. I've never seen an encore like that before. And of course, you got to finish with White Wedding. And I'm sure the biggest pop of the night is when you hear the opening shred of the guitar. And you know his white wedding. Let's see here. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's I did when I looked it up earlier. I did get that quote. Okay. <laughs> I've never heard it with the beginning part. I've only known the last part. The da 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 da. That's the only thing I've ever heard. Hmm. For some reason, I don't know why, but I just noticed that at this concert, I was like, oh, I didn't know that beginning part. People said that, but I'm inexperienced anyway, so. Hmm. I said, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was seeing who's paying attention. <laughs> seeing who's paying attention. Uh, all right. Well, what's so what's the next concert? Willie Nelson next week. Did you just burp in the microphone? I hoped it wasn't, but yeah, inadvertently. <laughs> Pardon. How many, how many liters of uh, cola do you have in here? Uh, just the one. Just the one? And not even a full. I'm surprised that's the first time that has happened. Because as soon as you get back into the office, you're trying to you're doing what you can to not like, like you know, violently burp out loud. Because I know mm-hmm. you could, I know you could rip some really good ones. Is that something Monica has to deal with every day? No. Okay. Try to keep them to yourself. I do. Yes. Uh, back hats mentioned at the top of the show. We have a pretty big series beginning tonight. Number 15, Cats. Number 13, Boys. The Cowboys of Oklahoma State in Stillwater. It's the final uh, road series of the season for the Cats. This will be the final true road matchups for the year. The next, of course, will be on the road for the Big 12 tournament. And then, of course, hopefully, fingers crossed, get some wins this weekend, get some wins next weekend. Cats going dancing. Um, Brought up the question, and I've thought about this really all week because there was no midweek game. So once you know the last series got over on Sunday, you get done with SEMO. I mean, I mean Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you're looking forward to the Oklahoma State series because you know how big it is. But the last time K State bit a, played a series this big, was it the Oklahoma series in 2013 when the Cats won the Big 12? Mm. My answer is no. I think this is the biggest series since the series before that. Because if you go back to the second-to-last series of 2013, K-State does have a lead in the Big 12 standings. But they still need a win, of course, uh, because hot in their trails, the Oklahoma State Cowboys. That series took K-State to KU, took them to Lawrence. KU was also in the conversation for a Big 12 championship. They're a little bit further back, but there was still a chance. And that was also KU's last series of the season, so they needed to win the series. Probably sweep the Cats to have a chance. But what happened? K-State swept the series. It was a gigantic series sweep for the Cats on the road because what that did for K-State was then send the Cats back home, final series of the season, Oklahoma's coming to town, and K-State needed one win. A win that first game of the series – 
was all she wrote. K-State would win a Big 12 championship. So that's why that Friday, or that, that first game rather, for the Oklahoma series, that was a big game. And if they were to lose, still another big game tomorrow because K-State went in that series with a two-game lead. So they had multiple chances to lock up a Big 12 championship. I mean, really, they had the whole series, right? Just needed to get the one. They get it on that Friday, and then the rest of the series, you like, you can exhale against Oklahoma. The win the next day against the Oklahoma Sooners, that's what gave them the outright championship. But going back to that KU series, it wasn't locked up yet. They needed to win some games to get themselves in a very comfortable position and give themselves, no doubt about it, a control-their-own-destiny shot at winning the Big 12 championship. And K-State won that Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in all different ways. But K-State did the, the most important things you have to do in baseball to win the series. I mean, KU made it very interesting in all three games. But there were some big key differences, as in in the field, K-State did not make as many mistakes as KU did, and K-State pitching was not giving up free bases. Hardly any. Friday, Saturday, they gave up a few on that Sunday game, but they were so smart and so solid with the fielding, decision-making, and not making too many mistakes. The Saturday game... They had to come back from behind, and they did. They were down six runs, and they came back from behind. They also had the fight to get it done in Lawrence. And I see a lot of that, you know, of course, relating to what has to happen this weekend in Stillwater, Oklahoma. This is a gigantic series. Like I said at the beginning of the show, I've been, I'm nervous. <laughs> like, and We can't say that for the last 10 years that we've been truly nervous for a K-State baseball series. K-State hasn't had a winning record in Big 12 play since 2013. It's just been rough. And finally, rough baseball for once in a decade is in the rearview mirror. It's still amazing to me that it looked like that this program was building, 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 and then here came the brick wall. And it just ended at that point in terms of all of the progress that had been made under Brad Hill. So surprising that it came to an end like it did. And that it's been a full decade to even get back to this point. Yeah, I mean, 2014 was also supposed to be a pretty good year. Mm -hmm. But I remember, if I remember correctly, and I wasn't covering the team at the time, uh, but if I remember correctly, there were injuries that were adding up. Like the pitching, yeah. the pitching staff just was really hurting. And it just, you know, that just never fully recuperated after that year just never was quite the same after there was a lot of hype going into 2014 2023 didn't have a whole lot of hype going into it no i love these i mean it's what makes it special right as i've said this team has proved a lot of is wrong and now we have expectations <laughs> right i think some of well some have expectations and of course i think a lot of that is just a lot of hope but I have, I mean, certain expectations that it comes from trust. And I've, I've, I've gained a lot of trust in, you know, I have confidence in Owen Borma going out there and giving K-State six solid innings of baseball. You know, Oklahoma State's going to be a very tough team to get out at the plate. Mm -hmm. They're one of the best hitting teams, not only in the Big 12, in the country. A lot of top 10 rankings in multiple stats. 
when it comes to the offense and the and the you know the starters that the Cowboys are going to throw out there this weekend. And if you look at their numbers, like a punt batting average, two of the three starters that they have are top two in the Big Twelve when it comes to a putting batting opponent batting average that are under two hundred. Get you more of a breakdown of the Oklahoma State Cowboys coming up at five ten because I think the like. Like Smoller brought up yesterday, he did a very good job of giving us some keys. I want to go a little bit deeper into some of those, look at some of the numbers, kind of really break down like what's going to take to get it done in Stillwater because it is not going to be easy. It's going to be a grind. Mitch Palm? Uh, it's not officially going to be Mitch Palm oh, because okay. there's not really a Ken Palm for baseball. <laughs> I thought I'd try anyway. Well, that's the thing. Like, I also, like, you know, they tell you not to bet on baseball. Right. And I think trying to predict games is almost kind of foolish. Like, right. I, I have no it, idea. Yeah, it's baseball. I have yeah. no idea how this is going to play out, but hopefully for the best. When we come back, though, I want to get to the Kansas City Chiefs and the revealing of their um, schedule yesterday because to me, it's been built like. A big pay-per-view wrestling card. And I'll tell you why coming up next. Travion, I thought you'd like to know that Ten years ago today, I was at Rockfest in Kansas City. Who was there? Allison Chains was the headliner, one of my favorite bands nice. of all time. Nice. Volbeat, Papa Roach, Seether, Kill Switch, In This Moment, Hailstorm, All That Remains. Not a bad lineup. Not a, that was a pretty big lineup, actually, for 2013, because Hailstorm and Volbeat were just Red hot at that point, and of course, since then have really cooled off. Oh, Seven Dust was there as well. I love Seven Dust. It's one of the best concerts I've ever been to. A Seven Dust that just happened to be in Lawrence. Remember that day that uh, when Seven Dust was in Lawrence and I went to see him. It was a, actually it was a part of a a series that Bud Light was putting on, and they were doing fifty concerts, fifty states at one time. And they had like a live feed just bouncing around to all the concerts. And remember, they went live to the um, the show in Lawrence for Seven Dust, and it was a, like a sad song. It was like a ballad. And oh, Lejean Witherspoon put a little um, like eye drop in his eye to make it look like he was crying. I was like, nice touch, bud. Nice touch. Let the nation know. Emotional song. Kansas City Chiefs 2023 schedule is uh, is out. We knew the opponents. We just didn't know the order, the dates, kickoff times, television destinations, but we now know. And as I studied the schedule, I was like, the NFL officially has Kansas City as top dog because the way they have this mapped up, it reminds me of a WrestleMania card. The way WrestleManias are usually built is like the first match is like you, you probably can predict who's going to win, but it should be a banger. And then it's quarterly. You put your best matches or what you think your best like show-stealing matches quarterly. So quarterway through, you have another one. Halfway, another one. Three-thirds of the way through, another big one. And at the very end, of course, is your main event. 
Well, week one is that match I just said at the beginning. It's You predict who can win, but it could be a real banger. And that is the Kansas City Chiefs opening up the series, the season rather against the Detroit Lions Thursday night football at Arrowhead Stadium. The Lions could be really good this year, as in better than what they have been the last 20 years. They were narrowly a playoff team this last year. They kept the Packers out of the playoffs in Week 18. They had one of the best offenses in football last year, if you can believe that. The defense stunk. That was their only issue. Mm-hmm. All right, then you got the Jaguars, and you got the Bears, and guess what? We're at the quarterly spot. Kansas City against the New York Jets for Sunday Night Football at MetLife Stadium. And to put this in wrestling terms, this is an early match, two big names that could steal the show early. Triple H always liked to put himself in this spot because it's early, the crowd is still fresh, and after maybe a lull previously, it's time to get them back up on their feet and get them going crazy with a big marquee matchup. To me, this is a big marquee matchup because you got the old guy, Aaron Rodgers, who's now with a new team, taking on the young guy-ish, Patrick Mahomes. And you got Vikings, Broncos, Chargers. Hey, 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 hey. Got the Broncos again. Then you're getting to the midway point here. Chiefs, Dolphins, Germany. You got to have a match in there that has a storyline that has to do with a big heel turn. That heel turn is Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, John talking some trash on the Chiefs organization. Now Kansas City finally gets their shot at getting his, getting their hands on him, if they can catch him. Plus, and I'm still a little bit bitter about this, but probably around that time, Skylar Thompson's going to be the guy. Someone was complaining on uh, another sports talk show I heard today. Oh, God, they we're going to be at the point that Skylar Thompson's playing in that game. I'm like, yeah, that's what we want. Entertainment value. Thank you. Yeah, was that show uh, on our airwaves? About no, it was not. Oh, okay. No, it was not. I, I think I heard Skylar Thompson's name brought up during the Dan Patrick show. Not exactly sure. By week, and then you get the rematch. Chiefs-Eagles from last year's Super Bowl. This time around, it's going to be Monday Night Football at Arrowhead Stadium. On a, on a Mania card, once in a while, you got to have that big rematch. And that's what you get this year. Big rematch at Arrowhead. And then... Uh, you got the Raiders. You got the Packers. That here's the deal. Here's what this Chiefs Packers game is. You got to have the match right with the legend, the legend, not necessarily coming out of retirement, but the legend that you can base a storyline reflecting on a long career. Well, of course, the storyline is going to be Super Bowl one, Super Bowl two. It's going to be brought up a hundred times, and then you have. Your third quarterly match. You're 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 three fourths of the way there. This is the match that you got to bring in the celebrity. Well, that might be a little bit of a stretch. It is the Chiefs though, <laughs> and the Buffalo Bills. This is the possible showstopper, the show stealer, the one that maybe people think is the real main event. It's going to catch some eyeballs. It's a three twenty five game on December tenth. Maybe the celebrity is just. The Buffalo fans putting themselves through a table 
in the Arrowhead parking lot. And then Patriots, Raiders, Bengals, and finally we get to the main event. Week 17, the Kansas City Chiefs will be hosting the Cincinnati Bengals. That's got to be the main event. Joe Burrow once again versus Patrick Mahomes, which could very well be the rematch of the AFC Championship game. It has been your AFC Championship game the last couple of years. That's got to be the main event. This is the trilogy. 325 kickoff. New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. Perfect timing. So done well before any of your celebrating. Now, I said that's the main event. There's still a Week 18. That Week 18 game is a road trip to the L.A. Chargers. You know, WrestleMania doesn't do this, but I kind of call this the dark match. A match that isn't, at least in this, you know, probably shouldn't be televised. Usually isn't televised. And the way I relate that to football in this game, Kansas City's going to be resting their starters, I'm sure, at that point. Hush. Because I'm sure Week 17, that's... We'll know who the one seed is at that point since Kansas City's playing Bills and Bengals, Raiders, Patriots. I mean, going to finish up the season right there. Not going to have to worry about the L.A. Chargers. Broncos are going to stink, as always. So there you have it. It's like a WrestleMania card. But I want to point this out as well. I, I'm not going to go out and fi- you know, the strength of schedule stuff. I'm going to let the smarter people figure all that out. I, I would figure like the NFC East teams would probably have the tougher schedules. Um, and I'm not just saying that because I'm a Cowboys fan. The thing is, the NFC East teams not only will have to play each other, and that's going to be a very tough division this year like it was last year, but the NFC East teams will also have to play the NFC West and the AFC East. And both of those divisions will probably be very tough as well this year. So the NFC East is probably going to have the toughest schedules to play in football. I would probably put Kansas City in the top 10, but I don't think I could because of this. As I mentioned, a lot of these marquee games, Bengals, Bills, Eagles, Lions, they're all at Arrowhead Stadium. Mm Mm-hmm. All these big games are at Arrowhead this year. Their toughest matchups are played at home. They have, I would say, I mean, it's still a tough schedule, don't get me wrong, but the way it feels like this is going to play out this year that, you know, their home schedule is going to be a lot tougher than their road schedule. I mean, Jacksonville, you know, they won their division, I guess, right? They, they right? No, they did they win their division? Last year, yes, they I think did. They did. Yes, they did because it was a bad division. I mean, they're going to go to the Vikings, and I don't think the Vikings are going to probably be that good. Where else do they go? They go the right, you know, they go to the Packers, but the Packers just, you know, not expecting to be out of this world. Patriots are trying to figure out their quarterback situation. I mean, and the other thing is like, there's no like they play two noon games and they get six primetime games. The NFL wants to put the most eyeballs on these games as much as possible. Yes, they're playing a Germany game, but you know the Dolphins and Chiefs. I, I'm, I wouldn't have put that game in 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 Germany, but whatever. Yeah, I still do not understand the thought process between that. Would have been a much better showdown at Arrowhead. 
Yeah. Especially with the, the, thing is, the, I, the fan noise I, at Tyreek. What it is is the Dolphins have a strong following in Europe. I know. I mean, which, they, which is funny given that Jacksonville actually plays in Europe. All right, Twice. Is, let's get to a number one song of the day as I take a break. Next. All right, to finish up the hour, we have another gambling scandal, and this one takes us to soccer. So we're outside of the college sports. We're back into the pros. Thankfully. And it takes us to the MLS because Max Alvis, I think I'm saying his name right. Yes. Who plays for the Colorado Rapids, your team. You love him so much. Oh, yeah. Never Uh, been to the stadium. That tells you how much I love him. He has been suspended by his team because he, I guess, he's being accused of taking money for a yellow card. Yes. As in somebody put money on him taking a yellow card in a match which is against the LA Galaxy back in September. It was like some people out of Brazil like you take this yellow card we'll give you 12 grand. Seriously. And he decided to do it. The thing was he was a sub in that game. Oh so boy. what that tells you if you're coming in as a sub and you get a yellow card that's probably pretty high odds. Yeah. So you can make a lot of money off of that. Oh, that's brutal. He got the yellow in a minute and a half of being in the match. But again, these these oh. gambling, you know, these commissions, these gambling commissions are the biggest narcs in sports, telling on all these athletes. <laughs> I wouldn't mess with these Brazil oh. people. They might be like Joe Pesci and Goodfellas. Hey, so listen, like, Colorado. Colorado's been in place for a while because of the casinos, so they know what they're doing. His his whole family full of rats. Wow. By the way, twelve grand. If I was in his shoes, I'd take it. They don't make a whole lot of money in the MLS. Hour two, we're out at five thirty. Coming up next, your local news.